0: Welcome to your making it worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen
1: Scott. We're here, we're queer. <laughs> Meh.
2: contextual healing. healing so in what is likely to be a record for the most insufferable political debate online possibly ever uh, and that's honestly saying quite a bit is uh, the discussion over daylight did you guys hear about this did you hear about daylight bank i i have they have been yes. dming
1: me a lot to <laughs> really uh, to to say something about them on not a lot but enough
2: like uh, multiple messages
1: to say something about
2: them on social media
0: Oh, oh, wow.
2: We should like harangue them to give us money to add them to oh, our I mean,
1: I don't, they might roster. be fine. I just, I just, that's, that's just not something I do. I'm not, I'm just yeah, not yeah, one yeah. of those people. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. not one of those guys. Were they yeah. offering you money? I didn't even engage because I, that's yeah. just not something I do. I, you know, I just wouldn't do that.
2: It's, it's like, it's like you and Grinder. I don't engage. Um, <laughs> so Daylight Bank is a banking resource slash app slash couldn't quite tell ultimately what it was that hit social media just recently. It billed itself as queer banking for queer people by queer people. So- Great concept. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, sure. Um, uh, uh, Elliot found a particular ad uh, that said, quote, Whether you've overspent on a fab new outfit this month, or didn't work as many hours, we'll advance you up to two hundred dollars each month to cover essential costs like hormone treatment, healthcare, or those Gaga tickets that'll oh. sell out before payday. Okay. Yes, that's tacky,
1: but that's also awesome. Uh,
2: I don't well, it is. Know. It is. No, finish what you're saying, and then I'll give yeah, yeah, my. Yeah yeah, 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 Um. So obviously, So. So before we get into all the weeds on this, uh, some folks online, you know, discovered that the Daylight card, uh, like the credit card that's issued uh, by the company is by, uh, issued by Meta Bank, which is, uh, uh, has a history, it's a bank in the Midwest, and it has a history of donating to anti-LGBTQ causes. So obviously there was a monumental backlash, and I'll read some of those in a minute. Go ahead, Alan. So... I,
1: I get where you're coming from. And yes, the ad is to, like poorly written and probably a little kitschy in a lot of ways, but we should have, and I hate to be the history nerd here, but we should have a history lesson on queer, finances and the state of queer economics it's very similar to in many different marginalized communities dealings with banks i mean historically black americans have had a shit ton of trouble trying to get loans and trying to get bank accounts women women couldn't get credit cards women couldn't get credit cards until like (laughs) some places until like like elliot was
2: 12 years old yeah (laughs) yes
1: so i mean banking for marginalized communities is a very sensitive topic that is that is needed that is a needed discussion that needs to be had and having that extra source of income where they will loan you a certain amount of money for certain things, maybe not the Gaga tickets, but yes, paying for your hormone treatments if they aren't covered under your plan, that's a huge, huge, huge thing for someone going through that process. And it's having a bank that that represents a very specific part of a community, be it Black, be it Hispanic, be it queer, is something that is it takes the fear out of that that you know trans black woman going into Bank of America feeling very judged, trying to get a loan for something that she desperately needs, and
2: so yeah, I, I applaud look, the I, bank I, for existing. I I get I I get that, and and I think I think it probably was a little inconsistent of me to roll my eyes because I ultimately when I saw this, you know, I guess I thought it was a little condescending. Um I you know the uh, writing's
1: not great. Perhaps, they should have probably. Stop DMing me to like promote them and maybe hire me <laughs> right. to write some copy. Hire some better copywriters,
2: but um, the guy—I Ga- mean, Gaga in particular—I know she's like big, but it's like she was big like in 2012. You well, know, she's like, still big. She's one of those. she's yeah she, she's no she's still <laughs> big like. But you're like, I don't think of Gaga as like the go-to like gay reference. Anyway, uh, so I I, I get what you're saying. I I don't know. I guess ultimately, I, I personally think we should work towards. A world in which no one should feel uh, intimidated going into any bank anywhere, Um, you know, be it because of their race or orientation or whatever. So, but yeah, I I get that. I guess it probably just some of that gets lost in translation with this sort of bad copy. What do you think, Elliot?
0: Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I, I, I also was like, hey, this is a cool concept. You know, like I, I do think it's a cool concept, and I think it does, you know, definitely. The idea of them looking out for the the most vulnerable in the community sounds great. But I also do think that the way that the way that they've rolled it out, and it's like beyond this, there's been other elements of it too, other copy that's like not great and and feels distinctly it, it it feels distinctly um, written by like straight. I don't think a gay person wrote that copy. <laughs> so I think the idea is oh, like. I yeah. think that... they did. I think they did. I think. Oh,
2: no, I, I I get what he's saying. I think I think I know, I I get the what same saying. instinct. I agree with that. too. Yeah, I think but I a I, similar
1: instinct. But I think it's a. I think it's an older bank finance gay and not yeah. necessarily <laughs> maybe a, a you know twenty some year old gay. Not that a twenty some year old gay needs to be the only one writing copy to advertise to homosexual people or to right. queer people. But I get I. I I, but I but the the trans thing and the bank thing the lending the lending bank that offers the line of credit for the card or whatever the issue is and them giving money to anti-trans causes like that's a big deal that shows that like this bank this particular bank that's that's courting to LGBTQ people did not fully look into the people that they work with because they they of course don't have the money themselves they have to have a lending you know a lending right, bank to right, right. give them that money
2: and that's I think a big deal. Well, I see. I guess I thought that was sort of I uh, like I I get the argument, but that's sort of the argument that I hate, which is if anyone anywhere affiliated with your organization under any circumstances is is a Republican, therefore their your uh, organization is tainted and incapable of being decent or something. I guess that's sort sort of where I was like. But they also do Christ, it. In the what ad. do you like, want? They talk yeah, about yeah.
1: hormone paying for hormone treatment in the ad, and it's like. Well, if that money is coming from a bank that is against trans people, like maybe that maybe it's good, it's being used for good causes, sure, but it's also a Mm. bit dirty money. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, don't put it in your ad then.
0: I think the idea is that dirty money, it kind of to me, it like it don't, (laughs) it just like I, while I do think it's important and I'm glad that it exists, I just think I guess I can't help but feel like it reeks a little bit of like the corporate opportunism. Yeah, of the I way that, that like pride works now where it's like a brand it's like a I, and again i i think it's great that it exists i i, I support it i just think it had a the, like the clunky rollout of it and the way they've i mean re, like the way they've reached out to people online i guess has not been great and but also yeah. that being that being said you know i think it's definitely worth not taking for granted and it's actually funny to see some people respond on line, uh, Brent actually pulled a couple, like some some people have, are so far in the other direction. That it's almost crazy their response, Elliot, go ahead, read it, sorry. Yeah, one of the, <laughs> one person wrote queer bank, oh no, wait, one, one person wrote, um, I just hate how much money rich, white, trans women and cis gay men get that they hoard for themselves instead of building community. And I was like, hold on <laughs> that. Yeah, that, wait, that
2: absolutely yeah. blew me away. That's
1: also
0: fine. it's also factually just it's not true right. in, terms, yeah, of the, it, it in terms of the trans doesn't... argument. It's very not true. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. This, this person said, I'm unfortunately tabs deep into research about this queer bank. And I I just hate how much rich white trans women you... and cis gay men get that they hoard for the, themselves. You of know, you girl. know, like, has an argument. Wait, His you know, rich,
2: rich white trans women in their Cadillacs just rolling around <laughs> town all day long. <laughs> oh, own, owning banks and telling us what to do and owning and even Walmart stores. But even if he's say, even if he's saying cis
0: gay men, which by the way, yeah, like we sh- the name sure. of the yeah, podcast is you're gay making men. it worse. We yeah. shit on them all the time because whatever. Yeah. But that being said, I'm like, how do you know that this company is owned by? Yeah. White trans women, cis gay men, and that when it, this person says that they're hoarding money for themselves instead of building community. No, this bank is exact is like it's actually ex- reaching it's out to trying to, to offer build out
1: community because even the more if it's chi-
0: yes, yes,
1: the more people that it gets as even even small bank accounts, even if you just open a small right. account with this bank, it builds up it incurs credit and it builds up the the lending sort of amount that this bank is able to lend to the community that then it can actually be a functioning bank so it doesn't have to work with this fucking transphobic lending bank that they work with.
2: Let me read read my favorite tweet uh, that I found in this article that Elliot sent that I quoted almost directly, by the way. I quoted that article article almost directly. I just want to give credit. Um, (laughs) This one tweet said, Queer bank is an argument for even more gatekeeping in my opinion. And I'm like, is that just an anti-banking argument? <laughs> yeah. are, are, are you arguing that you should put your money in your mattress? What are you saying? I know. Banking, I mean,
1: banking, the history what? of banking is really complicated, but that's, that's sure. we need a bank. I need a bank account. I don't
2: even, I never even exactly. have cash on me, except for when I'm tipping exactly. a drag queen. I, I, I don't doubt that there are in, innumerable instances of evils and injustice that went on in the banking yeah. system. Hopefully that doesn't exist nearly as much if if you know I'm sure it does exist to a certain degree still, of course, but like like I, I'm not saying this institution has never contributed to wrong, but like my I, I know people like my grandfather put all of his money in a mattress. Yeah. And when he died it was stolen. Like it's mm-hmm. like, are you are you arguing like like this is pre-World War II that like <laughs> that like the gay dust bowls and banking in. is problematic. It was just absurd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> believe that
0: <tweet? laughs> Somebody called it the the new gay banking grift. I'm like, I I mean we're we're pessimists, but like at this I mean we're not. I mean we're not really at the same time, like we can be critical, but I'm not pessimistic about this. I don't think any of us are. And that's the point that like, why, why be so pessimistic about yeah. the the one place that is actually trying to be a queer bank, even if they are cringy, even if their social media rollout stinks, whatever. Yeah. It's like, why pick a fight with the also, only game in town that's actually trying to do something?
1: And on top of that, even if you don't like this game because of their connection to other big corporate banks, which corporate banking sure. is, and, and for years, since like the- 70s there have been community banks community banking systems that is just a community and credit unions etc that are they're not dealing with the big chains they're not dealing with the big banks they're they're all about community go to them go to them your money will be great
2: i think i think one of the reasons why i was maybe a little bit cynical was i remembered this sort of early in the occupy wall street movement when everyone was like Move your money to a nonprofit bank, and there was like a day where everyone was going to close their Chase bank accounts. And <laughs> I, I, I looked into it because I had I have my credit cards it was with a nonprofit, and I was like, I'm going to move my banking there. And of course, I fucking didn't because I was like, I don't want to get the cashier's check or whatever, <laughs> like whatever like mild step I had to take. I was like, I'm bored, <laughs> and like I didn't do it. And I just, I guess that sort of that sort of cynicism came out uh, yeah. of, of me, where like we've been down this road a decade ago, it didn't change anything. So, you know. yeah. Uh, but but I agree. I agree with the take home that you guys I think are pushing, which is which is just which is you know. This is a, on par. This is a good thing. Copy might be might not be perfect. Yeah. Uh, but this is a, you know a good thing from for the community. Probably not. And great. maybe they want to start advertising
0: with your making the worst the podcast. Oh yes, we should. Con- I'll maybe I'll respond. Oh, d- now you should. Yes, now you should. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not even joking.
0: So we are here with Nick Ruckert, uh, who is uh, a writer on the Howard Stern Show and longtime friend and gay. Homosexual. <laughs> right.
2: hey, Nick. Welcome, Nick.
0: Hi. Hi,
1: fellas. Thanks for having me on the program. So welcome. this is a part two because we had internet malfunctions before right. and that's i right. was I, and i was actually offended because i was in the middle of a fantastic story of when i met nick now nick yeah elliot's brought up nick for years now because you're great and you yeah. work for stern you've done so many great things and but i met you a year ago literally right before lockdown so i was at sirius xm and that's where you work and mm-hmm. I was doing Nikki Glazer show and we had met randomly. And then literally two weeks later, the lockdown happened. Now, what I didn't tell you, Nick, I don't think so, is that I was sick that weekend. So did you have COVID?
3: <laughs> oh no, I, I did not get COVID. Thank God. God.
1: <laughs> thank God. I didn't tell anyone I was sick, but I was potentially spreading it. I was possibly patient 10. Did I, you, except
3: you were sick with COVID.
1: I don't know. No, I don't know he because was I didn't not know that. <laughs> I don't know. How do I know? I was I traveling and coughing on hugged. a plane. I mean, we, we hugged.
3: hugged everything. Like, I mean,
1: I was fine when I met you. I didn't feel sick, but you know, COVID's strange. Who knows? Have, yeah. you, been
0: te-
1: have you been tested
0: for the antibodies, Alan?
1: I have, yeah. And it said, it, like, you, like, only was a six-month period or something. There was, like, a period of time that you mm-hmm. had them. And I was, like, outside the window when I tested for my New York trip. So, I was like, oh, maybe. I don't know. I think
2: I think this case is closed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and, and
2: I'm, I'm not too worried that you had... Uh, well, I didn't get COVID. Nick
1: sick, and that's
0: all that matters. How are you, that's Nick? Right. You're well, obviously.
1: I'm doing very well, Alan. Thank you.
3: Yeah.
0: Thanks. You're coming back this week to the Stern show live because you guys have been off for... Well, Howard's been off for two months, and I'm assuming you have not.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: well, he
0: gets to do what he wants to do. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, yeah. The show's
3: back on Tuesday, or will have been back on Tuesday by the time. Mm-hmm. The season,
0: Thank God, because it's been a dry spell this summer. But understandably, you know. It's well, been, not for you.
3: I mean, you've been you've been jet setting around, uh-huh. Kids popping out. You've become an uncle.
0: Uh huh. That's I'm right. An uncle now. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Just jet setting the world from He's L.A. Eating, to New York, eating mango, eating like t- loads <laughs> Elliot, of mango.
1: Elliot is a bit of a jet setter. He will literally travel three hours for mango.
2: Hey, this I, guy. He takes road trips to like yeah. you know, to Provo, Utah. That's like, what I mean. Every, I every other day to go on a hike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll hear that like some soft serve is being. It, like some really delicious soft serve sort of, like food truck is in like Spokane, Washington. He's like, I think yeah. I'm gonna fly up. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have have had this experience, but I believe the last time I saw Elliot in
3: person was at the famous Cookie Walk.
2: Oh, yes, yes. We went I
3: remember that. To, to the Cookie Walk in the church, uh, yes. down in the village. And I mean, Elliot. So, so the premise of this Cookie Walk is you buy different size containers and you walk around to all these women and. And, or men, and uh, you, you know, you you get whatever cookies appeal to you. And Elliot bought a container, not only a container, but he had <laughs> blast extra plastic gloves to put in between all the <laughs> layers of cookies so that the flavors didn't. Oh, that's
0: right. Well, my. you know, Brent
1: is Brent is hard right <laughs> well, now because what? he has a fetish for plastic gloves. Brent <laughs> I is do. Little, I do. Right <laughs> I know this about Brent. Yeah,
0: I do. Yeah, this is Every not the time. this is not the exact type of no. Well, let me let me explain two things. One. <laughs> The Do cookie walk. To, Do you need well, to Well, I should explain the cookie <laughs> walk because it actually makes no sense. And Nick did a great job explaining it, but it's still so weird that it, I think it requires even further explanation. Because they're mean. They're, they're fucking mean. Yeah. So it's this, it's in, I somehow found this thing years ago in New York. It is literally, it's called a cookie walk, which is, and it's like you can only enter from the street mm-hmm. in an elevator that goes down into a church basement in the East Village in New York where it opens into what feels like a suburban church of some kind, like you, you're you not in New York City anymore. Like a BFW hall. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what it feels like. And yeah. you pay money for a, like Nick said, like a carton, or well, you get either like a tin or a more expensive like box that's bigger and whatever. And so there's this essentially like a, um, a short, like a U-shaped maze of sorts <laughs> with all these people from mm-hmm. this church and they're constantly coming in and out with cookies. And there's, yeah. I would guess at this point, there's probably like 25 different varieties of cookies and mm-hmm. they're all on the smaller side, but they're each like different flavors, <laughs> different they like Christmas. And most <laughs> of them are delicious. Yeah. And the, but the joy of it is that, you know, the joy of it is that like you get to, you get such a variety of choices, sure. but, the, but the unexpected twist, is that everybody that works there is a piece of shit. All the people, <laughs> all these old ladies, it's really the women, it's not them. There's like no men, it's these very dour. Oh, you. No, no, like the men who work there happen to be nice because I they think they're drunk, you know, like fit, like yeah, Santa yeah. Claus, but it's these like dour like looking. San- Wait, how is, how is Santa one, There's like an drunk? old guy that said Santa Claus. Yeah. I think, I don't no. know, they're just jolly. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. But yes. the women that work there, they patrol, they patrol the aisles and if they catch you, trying a cookie even though you're 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 buying you already bought like there's tons of cookies to be had and so they look at you they patrol you and they give you these eyes and if they catch you eating a cookie you really get they like yell at you I've been yelled at (laughs) and now (laughs) and so I do a lot of the like fake thing where I'm like Yawning, but I'm really trying a cookie. Oh my, oh my god. god! This is oh, completely Elliot. unlike this the is... cookie
1: convention that Elliot suggested we go to, <laughs> oh where god. I basically paid money to walk down the sugar-free, gluten-free, everything-free aisle gross. of Whole Foods. Yeah. Like that was it was mistake. the grossest convention. Yeah, it was, was of course bad. it's LA. Yeah, the, the cool.
0: cookie walk is wonderful, and uh, but to, and, but to also just to defend myself, because you can't try these cookies, yeah. I need to. Essentially, like they had no samples. They had no samples. You can't sample. You can't sample (laughs) them. But they had no offered samples, despite that you paid forty
3: dollars
2: at the door. Exactly. That that is insane. So I'm like, I want
0: to. I need to separate them by flavor so they don't get combined. So so before we get back to Nick, I do want to point
2: out briefly, like the most contempt Elliot has ever (laughs) used when speaking towards a person on this podcast. Was a series of women that didn't want them eating cookies just yeah. just to establish that's that's Wait, his priority. They're system. probably
1: elderly women too. Am I wrong in that?
2: <laughs> yes, they are elderly. They women. are
1: elderly women. <laughs> but
2: let's get let's get back to Nick because I want to yeah. hear a lot about I want to hear about Stern and yeah. What do you Elliot, do for Stern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that.
3: Well, uh, I'm a writer. Um, as are all three of you, I believe, in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I write jokes. Uh, we come up with. Premises for bits
0: and contests. What's
1: probably <laughs> your proudest like premise or bit that you've come up with that you're just like that's that's, that's something on the resume?
0: I think uh, I think I already know what it is, but okay, go ahead, Elliot. Is it hit him with the hind? Oh yeah. Well, okay, yes. Uh, so uh,
3: this will uh, take a little explanation, but I'll try to make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a, a coworker I work with named John High. Uh He hosts the show after Howard's called the Wrap Up Show, which Elliot has been on many times. Being such a fan, and um, he's kind of what I guess I'd call low energy.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: He, he hosts this uh, sports show, or he did on SNY, where they talk about the Mets all the time, and he'd yeah. have to be like really exciting. Yeah, he has to be like we have to be in like oh my god, did you see? God damn it, I don't know. Right, right. And and so every day when he would get up to leave, I would just look at him and I would say, "Hey, John, hit him with the hind." Just meaning, like, give him that energy you're so famous for. Not- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, somehow it took off, and Howard loved it. And so he started saying it. And then it kind of grew beyond the universe of the show. And it, like, sportscasters started saying it. And it oh. came, it was on, like, uh, the Oscars. And stuff. Yeah. And the big one was that Jimmy Kimmel used it. To- Closed both the Emmys and the Oscars. Oh my God! <laughs> and that is I'm um, so cool. e guy, as far as I'm concerned.
0: And Sarah Silverman used it at the DNC. At the, <laughs> now tell no. me, you've gotten a raise for, just for yeah, that? Yeah, I was bit. gonna say. Like you, get, you deserve like, something for that.
3: Uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure that factored into why you know I'm still employed. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you haven't been fired
1: yet.
2: But it's still um,
3: I'll still be watching something, and it'll come up, and like it'll just be said, and I'm like, holy
1: shit. Have you funny. ever said it in bed?
3: Said no,
2: Mm-mm.
0: no. But I hope John has wherever he. Is. <laughs> I know he's listening. I hope you said it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The best thing I'm... about John Hine too is that he is a very like serious man, which is oh. also also begs the question: like, how does one work at the Howard Stern show when they when like someone like John is very like staid and sort of controlled so, and keeps it together?
3: So as fuck, he's what. Stoic as
0: fuck. Yes, he's very stoic, but it's just very funny because it, it gets under his skin so perfectly mm-hmm. and it and it just grew and grew and grew and became, you know, it's I mean, it's sort of like with Baba Booey, the, the idea that uh, Gary <laughs> Delabate, the EP of the show, is known as Baba Booey from a, mm-hmm. something that happened in like 1991 and has stuck <laughs> throughout the history of time and right. it's become a thing that people scream out at golf tournaments and like uh, it's yeah. it's everywhere and it's universal and it's just... Such a such a unique, um, I guess you would call it like uh, uh, breaking the fourth wall, or like mm-hmm. they've called it cult. The term is culture jamming. The yeah. idea mm-hmm. of like it is fucking with the medium. One of the best, one of my
3: fa- personal favorites, which is just mine personally, is when Beyonce performed at the CMAs with the Dixie mm-hmm. Chicks. Remember mm-hmm. that? I remember uh, that Natalie well. I just yelled- watched
1: it like last night. <laughs>
3: Natalie Maines yelled it when they went when they did an instrumental break. She just yelled it, and I don't even think we ever played it because. <laughs> That was so cool to me, that Beyoncé performance. Yeah. <laughs> did stupid she
0: yell hit... No, Natalie Maines did, but... Did, did she yell hit him with the hind or Baba Booey? Hit him with the high. Amazing.
3: I just thought this stupid thing I came up
2: with to goof on a co-worker. Yeah. <laughs> just, it the Oscars. It's, <laughs> it's like, going to so be really on funny. your tombstone, by the way. So, it's, Elliot... Okay. Tell us a little bit about uh, and the, like, when did you meet Nick and within yeah, the was, context of like, because Elliot became up. a fanatical fan of Stern, what, six years ago, seven, so years give us ago. like, give us like a brief rundown and
0: where you met Nick in the process of that. So Michael, my friend Michael is a mutual is he and I, I forget exactly how we how who met whom first, Okay. Isn't it a live journal or something. I think it was probably live journal. It's always right. live
1: journal oh, with it's Elliot. It, live literally journal. everything <laughs> stems back to live journal. I
2: actually, I remember, I met Elliot at, I actually still remember this. I met him at a comedy club, Rafifi, and I remember that night he was wearing um, a raincoat with nothing underneath. It yeah. was like that what he was about wearing right. that night. And I, I remember, remember that really sticking out. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, great, Elliot. Great,
0: great. Um, uh, uh, that threw me off. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so basically... My friend Michael, who's friends with Nick, Michael is a media literacy teacher and just a longtime oh. friend. And so he's sort of a and he's a sort genius.
1: Of, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a
0: genius. And he's he's essentially like a, a a media. I wouldn't even know how to describe him. He just yeah. he just knows everything about yeah. media media and film and TV. And so anyway, he's always had immaculate taste mm-hmm. and would always implore me to listen to Stern because he knows I would love it. And I always said no. He's like, I was like, he's yeah. racist and misogynistic. And Michael was like, I promise you, that's not what he is. That's not how it works. Not 90s so finally, anymore. Yeah. Right. But I didn't understand that. And eventually right. he got me to listen to Howard interviewing Tan Mom, Patricia Krenzel. Remember Tan Mom? Mm-hmm. About, yeah. 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 Do I ever? He, <laughs> yeah. Well, you do, of course. But Howard was interviewing her about the incident where she was tanning, where she was like allegedly tanning in a tan bed with her kid or whatever. Anyway, Howard in- interviewed her as if she was like a head of state, you know, like, <laughs> like he was interviewing, like, or he was like, like he was interviewing, uh, Gin- just, you know, Ruth Bader yeah, Ginsburg right. or something. Yeah. And it was so, it was so fucking funny and so witty. And I just got hooked and basically the world of Stern became like I just dove in and started listening to the archives and like listening in real time and whatever and then I don't but Nick I don't remember how how we met as a result of that
3: well I do um so I didn't I didn't know Michael before I knew you we sort of all all kind of met at the same time but you were on you were coming on the rap show but I was I don't know if I was if I was sick or I, I wasn't able to meet you there but that night we were both on Matt and Bowen's, I don't think so honey show at the bell house. Right. I, I think, from I think Culture we remember coming up to you and yeah. And I just think you remember tapping on the shoulder and saying, Elliot, <laughs> you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, that is how we met. Oh, and Mike, right. right. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, you know, love at first sight for
2: me. Yeah. That's right. Wait, so, but but Nick, tell us about your, like, how did you get into Stern? When did you get the job? Like, did you always love it or did you not love it until you got the job? <clears throat> I. Didn't I did not always love
3: it because I didn't grow up with it. I grew up in California and oh. I think in L.A. it's really, really big, but it just never was part of my consciousness. I mean, of course, I knew yeah. who he was and I'd seen private parts and stuff, but right. um, it wasn't until I just think I really remember it was when he interviewed Rosie O'Donnell because yeah. they had, had such yes. a huge... It had such a feud in the '90s, so I think in, I think it was 2009, mm-hmm. she came in and he interviewed her, and it was so it was such a good interview, and they've continued to have great interviews together since. Yeah, but that I just I I was like I really like this, and I just sort of got hooked, and then I started at the show maybe a year later, so I didn't have this whole knowledge. Mm you know, uh, growing up and I, but, but like I made it my business to learn everything about the show. That was right. exactly
1: my twist too, was the Rosie O'Donnell interview. Like oh, I I had, ne- I had liked, Stern when I was a kid, I knew of him. I was obsessed with private parts. I thought it was, I thought it was a genius film, really well yeah. made. Like it was just, a he was a really compelling 90s character, but I also yeah. was like,
0: Afraid. the way this
1: man treated women in the 90s is yeah. horrible. How and just like every other man in the 90s, you know, every other straight man in the 90s. But then, when Rosie came around, as you know, I do with Oprah or Rosie, I go in the direction they go, and so I went in <laughs> Rosie's direction and started to love Stern because of that.
0: Um, yeah, and I think. How, it, it, go ahead. Oh, I think it's worth adding too that, like, yeah, what you're referencing, what you're saying, Alan, it's like in the he was so. I mean, he built a career off of being. Uh, you know, uh, the center of attention and, and being insane. I mean, his whole thing was a shocker. He was out yeah. of his mind, as he would say now, he was out of his mind insane, doing anything for attention and having like a black hole in his in his body that he needed to fill with anything to get yeah. attention. But what we should add is that the reason that I think I got into it and at the time that Nick, that you started, Howard had begun his sort of like serious, serious FM career in a sort of post- psychotherapy phase mm-hmm. when he essentially evolved in, and and at that point he, he he's become sort of polarizing within the fandom yeah. because he is a very uh evolved uh he uh, sought redemption bro I, I don't think he even sought it i think he just ended up yeah. sounding got it get sounding smarter and and really t- like tuning into women as silly as it sounds like feminism women's rights and gay rights and just he very much aligned himself with like being on the right side of causes, but without it ever being activism, Mm -hmm. it was very casual. And and subsequently he's, I think, done a lot in that way, as well as even, you know, George Takei is often on the show as like Mm -hmm. a sidekick. And I think that having George on, who talks very openly about being (laughs) a sort of domesticated gay husband, Mm -hmm. you know, he's goofy and he's funny and he's silly, but at the same time, just having him talk about it, In a very normalized, unremarkable way, I think probably does a lot more to change minds of potentially like straight, you know, conservative listeners than I think activism would. I agree.
3: I think. I think now that you mentioned George, George is like technically the announcer of the show, so he'll come in and sit in. He used to sit in for weeks at a time. Now he'll, you know, he'll come in for a show, uh, you know, a couple times a year, and he just has that great voice. And the thing, first of all, that was Elliot will understand this, but that was Richard Christie's idea to have George Takei be our announcer mm-hmm. Camp to Campus Series. And he just, he's perfect. Like he's, he's so funny and he's at points gullible when he, when we want him to be gullible and at points educational when we want him to be educational. And he's game for anything. And he's just, he and his husband Brad are just mm-hmm. such a great, I think, representation of, yeah. You know, that, that like marriage marriage is funny and weird and whatever, no matter how you slice it up. Like it just, yeah. it's great. I love yeah. George.
0: Yeah, the way they talk about their sex life is, like George talks about his sex life, not like with his husband, but also like his early single days. He talks about it very openly in a way that is not, I don't know, it doesn't embarrass me the way like I feel I'm often, yeah, <laughs> not embarrassed or just like, ugh. I would I wouldn't want that to be like <laughs> the representation of me to somebody else, you know. Yeah, and yeah. George does it in a way that feels very real and funny and 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 goofy, but it's not. It doesn't make me well because it goes it goes to.
1: I mean, one of the I've always thought this, and I think, I think Rosie was talked about or someone talked about it. Where the thing about <laughs> Howard is like, if you if you really. No matter what you think of him, no matter what you think of his past, no matter what you think of his reputation, whatever it is, when it comes down to it, there are certain great sort of broadcasters, journalists, people who can communicate with people and who can bring, who can elicit responses in people in a way that like gets them talking more and more and more to the point where sometimes they're like, I didn't even think I was going to talk about that.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: Howard goes in that canon of sort of great broadcasters who knows for better or worse, knows how to get the good and the worst out of people and knows how to get people talking. And that's, that's what a broadcaster is supposed to do.
3: Yeah. And Howard always says, I mean, I, I always, I see Howard as an outspoken ally to the LGBTQIA plus community for a long time.
1: Yeah. Since the eighties.
3: Yeah. And he's always said that it's because he had a, a gay cousin uh, and in the, as far back as the 60s, his mom would be setting his cousin up on dates with guys.
2: Oh, interesting. So it was
3: very like, it just ingrained in him that this is nothing, this is not an othering thing. Like this is, yeah. this guy likes and, you know, I'm going to do it. And I think that m- has made a huge difference. And I I think, and also he's speaking to an audience that is not built in necessarily. Mm-hmm. He's not preaching to the choir when he's talking about how, this is perfectly fine. And like, the, yeah. the, you know, this the person right. is troubled because they like somebody. <laughs> right. the
1: he also finds that dance that I think a lot of straight men do who are supportive of queer people, but at the same time, they're a straight dude who doesn't get queer life and queer, how queer anything works. And then Stern in the 80s, sort of almost out of curiosity would have sort of like porn stars on and like gay guys mm-hmm. on. And he would ask mm-hmm. ridiculous questions about their sex lives. Some would take it as like <laughs> him making fun of them, but really, it was the straight guy being curious about how a gay or queer person just lives, works, acts, how they how they how they are in bed, and in turn, the audience sort of was educated along with them.
3: Yeah, and one of the like uh, Howard has a co-host named Robin, who I know and love very much. Um, How's
1: her boat? How's her boat doing? Is her boat good? If not, her
3: good? I've never been on the boat. I've been to all the homes, but I've never been on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately but she says that you know with back in the night i think it was 81 when he uh when they were both at uh
0: w, so I, easy. 101,
3: easy. 101, I think uh that she heard a, a program director named denise oliver sent her a tape of him and he was interviewing a porn star and she just couldn't believe that he was interviewing her like she was any other person about her yeah. job her day-to-day oh. life about mm-hmm. you know and so she, that that's sort of why she said I got to work with this guy, and they've been together for
2: forty something years. Yeah, that's amazing. I th- yeah, he's he's just like Terry Gross. You know, he they is. they have <laughs> such an authentic. No, I'm just kidding. Terry Gross does, just but crazy.
0: that's what's so great about him is that he's he is a remarkable interviewer, and like Alan said, manages to get stuff out of people not in a gotcha way because just in the sense that he makes the conversation well, sometimes so gotcha. conversational.
1: Sometimes he is sometimes gotcha intentionally though with, with certain guests or certain maybe guests that would people would be surprised that he has. He does in his own way have sort of good gotcha questions. He get, yes. he does get really good questions out of people that then get them talking in weird ways.
3: Mm-hmm. And yeah. one, one part of my job for a long time was I would produce some of those interviews uh, Thankfully, they give me like the the really good ones. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, I, I produced the Hillary Clinton interview and Madonna, Yeah. Oh, wow. And like, I got to do I got to do good ones. Uh, not that they're all not great, they are. Yeah. But you know, I got to do like the ones like the Latina Faye I did like a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is like whatever what he latches onto is so interesting to me. So, so t- tell wait tell the audience when you produce an interview, what does that mean? It's I mean it's basically research heavy. You know. Uh, Uh, But also research, you have to know, you know, kind of what he's interested in and Mm -hmm. what's going to tell the best story, especially if someone's coming on for like, possibly a one and only, you know, I would say like a Madonna. I don't know. Madonna's not a recurring guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. come back again, but she's not like, uh, you know. Kathy
2: Griffin. Right.
3: Uh, so, 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 like, Madonna is like, I got to give the whole history of her entire story and rise to fame and yeah. what she means to people, and da da da. Uh, and so that that's a lot of what, that's basically what it is.
1: How do you prepare right. for like a Hillary Clinton interview? That would be oh, a
3: great like. I remember sleeping at the studio. Oh, preparing for that wow. it it was so. It, it, if I remember correctly, and maybe I don't, but I remember it was kind of on and off for a while because he wanted her to come on in 2016 so bad and he wrote about it in his book that like if i think if she had come in Mm -hmm. i think it could have made a difference to people that i think i could have humanized her and it would have made a difference to people that maybe weren't Mm -hmm. on board and uh that didn't happen and so she came in at the end of 2019 and it was, I think it was like a three-hour interview. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: I listened to all of it. it.
3: I really, I was really proud of it because I thought she was so funny and mm-hmm. like it I was. was so at ease. And, but yeah, I, I, but it was sort of like it's happening and then it's not happening and then it's happening. And I remember, I think it was Thanksgiving. I remember coming home uh, from a, a, a lake house upstate on Thanksgiving and being, getting like a text that had like a, one of those red alert sirens. That was just like she's coming. I was like, "Shit!" Yeah. I had to go right into the studio, and I definitely slept there that night, just wow. reading the books because I had all the books stacked up on my desk. Yeah, I think lot. that was
1: one of the first places she told the story about her at the inauguration, and and That's some weird at- shit. And yeah, and that after after Trump's speech, which she talked about being like just blown away by, and how shocking and disgusting it was that sh- that George Bush leaned over to her and said, "Can you believe this shit?" or whatever. Yeah, that's whatever some, the quote that's was. he said yeah. that that, that wasn't that's that some weird shit. Said,
0: that's some weird shit, huh? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I mean, the thing is, the thing
1: is, like, and even with <clears throat> like Howard saying that he could have humanized her, which I think he could have, but the problem, mm. and I think the the role that Stern sort of plays in culture is that there's no way in the world a presidential candidate like Hillary Clinton could go on the Howard Stern show and she would survive. You know what I mean? Like at that that time in 2016, while she was running, like it's like every single political advisor would tell her do not do this. And sure, he might've been able to humanize her, but it's, it's sort of like, it sort of speaks in a way to like the current climate of sort of men who've been around for a long time, who have interesting backgrounds and stern definitely has a controversial interesting background and that dance they have to play with dealing with sort of modern society modern sort of getting interviews like hillary clinton in 2016 that's a that's a part of that
2: i'm actually surprised to hear you say that because i think the opposite i think I, I ultimately don't know if that would have changed the election. I, I do yeah. think Howard makes a good point that I think he certainly would have swayed some votes. Totally. But, uh, and of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. but I, I do think it's a misstep from the political advisors. There's no doubt every one of them said no. And now yeah. looking back, you're like, you know, why couldn't you? I mean, he's not going to ask her about her pussy. You know, like, why couldn't you have gone on Stern and told five, 10 million people that you're you're act- you're not a robot. You're actually a really incredibly smart, and thoughtful, yeah. but at times casual and funny person. Like I I I think really, that's i I'm
1: just saying about the yeah. legacy of Stern with yeah, someone yeah, like Clinton yeah. sure. at that time. It's hard. It's a hard it's a yeah. hard reality that I think a lot of men in public have to face right now.
3: Sure. Yeah. I do I do want to point out that she herself made a joke about the lesbian rumors about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she made it herself. Despite what people may
0: think, I love my husband. She was <laughs> <laughs> so wildly accessible in that interview yeah in a way that i just yeah i guess i just wish that she had done it earlier and i i like i i also don't know if i i i think it would have i do think it, it would have helped her if she had done it even though it would have been a little bit of a of a land mine i mm-hmm. i guess I, I just don't i yeah. think well also um stern had supported hillary since 2008 Yeah, he, like has been a fervent supporter of her since he loved the beginning ever. So I don't think he was he would have done anything to like make her look bad. Mm-hmm. She just and and also he didn't in this interview either. He just kind right. of, you know, no. he just let it go. But um also I mean separately from that, you Nick are a big theater guy. Yes. Uh, and right. so you go to th- you you see a lot of theater with Robin, right? Well, I uh, no, I've seen I've seen
3: one. I saw Hamilton with Robin. That was Oh. One.
0: So then I guess, you know, you live in New York, you see a lot of theater, and I guess it really begs the question, have you seen Come From Away? <laughs>
3: <Right>? <laughs> well, Elliot, uh, I don't think this has changed since the last time we've spoken. No, I have not seen Come From Away. Do you I, plan on watching it when it's on Apple TV? Yeah, You know, be, only because of you do uh, I, I, I plan on watching. Only because of... I, who was it? One of you who sang songs from Come From Away on this podcast? I mean, we all I, I don't even Elliot know has. songs, and
1: I may have. I don't. So know. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. One of you.
3: It was like it was like American Airlines.
2: Yeah, or yes. they have the prettiest plane. Wait, should we? we
1: should we do a live, like, record a live watch of that together? That might oh, that be a fun a thing for the three of us idea. to watch.
0: I would I mean, happily yeah. do that. I I hate that show so much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Patreon yeah. baby.
2: But what? do you, so? Do you love? Do you, I mean, Nick, you, I'm sure you don't mind me saying, you, you're not a, you don't come across as like a particularly cliche gay by any means. Do you love Broadway? Is it musical theater? Is it just like, what do you like about it?
3: Well, first of all, I want to thank you very much. For <laughs> the cliche gay. Because God, if I were, this could be my last night here, but um, no, I love, I love the theater very, very much. Uh, I think, I think because um One of the things, uh, if I were on like the podcast, Culture Culturistas, which turned me down, so that's why I'm here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They they always ask like, what's the moment of culture that made you you? And Mm -hmm. I I really think it was the VHS tape of Into the Woods with Bernadette Peters. Oh, wow. She's a major comedic influence of mine. And uh, I love Sondheim and I will always till the day I die. But um, also when you're a kid, and you didn't grow up like I know. I know Brenton Allen didn't um, in a in a major like in a city like New York. Yeah. yeah. Um, the kind of. If you want to be in showbiz or you want to be even a writer or you think you're funny, like your kind of only avenue is doing theater.
1: You yeah. Yeah.
3: A movie. I mean, that's not going to happen. Right. So I just fell in love with it. I mean, I, yeah. I but I really do love it. I haven't seen it in a year and. Yeah seven months whatever this is yeah Uh, yeah i i I genuinely get joy do you
1: remember your first broadway show you saw
3: on broadway broadway here yes i saw i came here when i was 16 uh to visit a friend and we saw wayne brady in chicago
1: oh Oh that's so funny my first was chicago who did i who was in it though i don't even remember who was in it at the time but I was I was in, Simpson, Bray, was in high school. It the late '90s, so I don't Wendy even know. Wendy Williams. I'll no, this you, was before all of that.
3: Know, my, weird, my weirdest experience was also at Chicago because I went back again because Mel B was in it. That's Roxy, but but uh, it, it was her final performance, so I guess she felt she could be a little loose, which is yeah. not, not what you should. Like actors, actually <laughs> prohibit that. But yeah. so she broke into Spice Girl songs in the middle of. Oof. And then she thanked her daughter. Like she talked to her daughter off stage. It was That's
1: the weird So funny. Whoa. You know, when I met you, Nick, the night before I was actually contemplating going to see Erica Jane in Chicago. Oh, you should've. I did. You should have.
3: I know. Free Erica Jane. Free so Erica know. Jane. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Nick, did well, you did you uh did, sorry, one last question. Did you would you ever want to like write theater?
3: Yes. Of course. Mm. If I I can make a dollar doing it, that's what I would be doing.
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm. You should write me a musical. You should write Sadie Pines, the drag character, a musical. Sadie I'll I'll do that, we'll do that. Okay. You can sing, right? It's Brent who can sing. No, no, I can't sing. Although I've I've always wanted to put on a cabaret called I Can't Sing uh, Cabaret.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ellie is the only one who can sing? Brent has a, Brent, why don't you sing a little of uh, uh, Come From Away in your beautiful dulcet tones? (laughs)
2: This American is- Airlines <laughs> have the prettiest planes.
1: <laughs> On that no, note, thank you so was, much for yeah. being here, Nick.
2: <laughs> I'm so
3: happy to be here. I'm weeping, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> this was so people- great, Do you you great Nick. You want people
0: yeah. to yeah. follow you online? Your- Do you people want yeah. people to yeah. remain yeah. To <laughs> somewhat <laughs> anonymous?
3: Sure, no, no, my name is my name. Okay, <laughs> Nick with just a K. N-I-K-R-U-C-K-E-R-T. Yeah. Right, so much yeah. fun. We
1: love you, Nick. Thank you so much for doing this.
0: Thank you, fellas. And another thing. I thought it'd be. All right, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it'd be fun in a fun little bit. The show's gone long enough anyway to ask (laughs) what you guys use as your ringtones, because we now live in an era where I feel like most people don't have ringtones. I think. When I think back to like over the last like 10, 15 years, I feel like we all heard the same like Nokia rings and, and like the, the very yeah. basic cell phone rings that we were all used to. And yeah. then once the iPhone sort of commandeered everything, even in movies, it became the sort of like marimba sound or whatever, you know. Yeah. And so, but ringtones at a certain point were supposed to be like the next big thing. I remember they were trying to make them huge and they thought it would be as popular as like- As a like TikTok or whatever. Really, like, yeah, truly, truly. Yeah, yeah. And it just didn't pan out that way. But that all being said, I'm always wondering, I would wonder to know, like to know- uh, what you guys. Well,
2: use- uh, I'm going to go first because yeah. uh, this, this is quick. I've always been, my entire life with a cell phone, I've been a vibrate guy. Mm. I put it on vibrate because I don't trust myself to remember to turn it off all the time. So I, it's always on vibrate. I've never had a ringtone. However, ever, I've, ever wow, I've never had a ringtone. <laughs> However, I did use to specialize, personalize my outgoing voicemail, which is obviously a thing that was yeah. also way bigger 15 years oh, ago yeah. than it is now. I mean, I haven't heard a personalized one in fucking, you know, 10 years. And so I, I, I always would do that. And my, I, I will say, I think my favorite, my favorite one was I quoted a Kanye song. <gasps> And and it was, uh, my my vo- outgoing voicemail was, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no, and then the beep. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. And, my, and I remember That's my so friends, dumb. my friends with, my friends all like loved it. And then my mom was like, she was like, what's that like a gold mining 1860s quote you have on there? And I was like, oh my God.
0: Oh. That's, that's so funny.
2: All right, go ahead, Alan. Go ahead, Alan.
1: I I, I do still use per, I use personalized ringers and, more importantly, text stones for people that right. are, are specific to the person so I know who is texting me, like, when sure. they're texting me or calling oh, or whatever. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, um, so, like, you guys have very specific text stones that I know that's who yeah. is texting me, that's Brent texting me. I have a friend in DC. He has a fire hydrant because he's a big dick. <laughs> And so that is like okay. a that's a that's a text on that I know it's him texting me. You know, everyone hey, has one, but my favorite, hey friend, my, hey friend my, in DC. My regular one is um is this one. Hold on. That's my default. It's the Nokia one.
0: Oh wow, smart. Okay. But then Another. for
1: all for all the good friends, I have a special one and it is How you doing? It's Wendy saying so how you doing.
2: <laughs> wait, wait. Let me wait. Turn keep it on. I'm going to send you a text. Okay. I'm gonna send you a text right now. I wanna hear what my text tone sounds like. All right, okay. put it to the, put yeah. it up to Hold the phone. i had to turn my phone up all the way. Did you hear that? Yeah, did I, it did. It I did. Yeah, a, also, do, do, do. Should I did.
0: Should I send one now and it'll be yeah. a wait, different text? Re, yeah, yeah.
1: Send send one. Send one. Okay. That was oh, Brent. Oh, I like I like that one. And that was Elliot. Oh, so, wait, I didn't hear I didn't hear Text it, let me again, text it again. Text again. <laughs> text again.
0: Everybody be quiet. Oh, I like that oh, one. Oh, yeah. fun! So it's so it's just <laughs> it's, cheerful. It's
1: different for everyone, so I know. But I only do it with the special people. Like I only do it with people I like communicate well, with a lot, or like I want to. I want to like, honored. as if I hear that tone, I want to be able to be like, oh, I got to respond to that quickly. Whereas if it's the regular one, I, I won't respond
2: for a while. Alan, read the text that Elliot and I sent you.
1: Okay, um, so Brent texted me, hi, fag, hi, fag, <laughs> twice. <laughs> and, and Elliot texted me, hi, seven, which is actually not <laughs> the size of Elliot's dick. Um, no, I don't know
2: he's, why. Oh my he's god, he, he's, he's dropped, okay. that's okay. the the drop some hints.
0: Okay, here's you guys want to hear my ringtone? He, he's yeah. hung like a football. <laughs> this is a ringtone that is actually <laughs> is <this,
2: gets> bloated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry, moving Elliot, on, sorry. moving on. This ringtone is actually specific to our past our guest Nick Ruckert. It's a drop from the Howard Stern show. Gary, Gary,
2: Gary, where are you?
0: Gary, come in here. <laughs> it's it's Richard Simmons yelling yes. for Gary. Oh, I thought it was Jerry Lewis. <laughs> no, no, it's it's, 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 it it's Richard Lewis. Simmons yelling. And people will always, if it rings, people are like, "What the? F- <laughs> Who's? Is that someone is yelling really at you?" Funny. But it's so I've so always funny. been. I've taken a lot, a lot of pride in my choices for ringtones. <laughs> I've yeah. had um some. I've had some really good ones. This one was a particular fave. Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, oh, that's girl. a that, good one. That song God, that, just scared, me, that scared me as back a
1: child. Do you have, do you have a lot yeah. of, like, I tend to have, like, like for when, when um, Naomi texts me, cause she loves Wendy Williams so much. I always have uh, clap. if you care.
0: Clap if you care. Clap if you, clap if you care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just I, I'm just very, I'm just very proud of having like cool songs. Like I mm-hmm. had cool songs and then, but I think Brent's doing a, a bit with a, with a beep is probably the most the, the most best. witty of all of us. It's definitely the well. Best. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else funnier. No, that that was honestly the funniest that it would go- that I got. But I'm proud of myself because I needed to. Ha- I just love having Richard Simmons screaming. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> you should put you should put yourself singing on there.
0: No. Oh, that'd be insane! Don't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> insane. You can't. We would, we would make fun of you endlessly. Oh, I would I, literally I never do that. But in <laughs> in the meantime, up until I was had Richard Simmons, I had Faith Evans. So oh. it's quite a variety. What was the Faith Here, Evans here's one? Here's the one. This one. Just, wow. I just love that song.
1: Elliot, he just loves that song and he had to make it his ringtone. That is an
0: early aughts kid right there. (laughs) (laughs) What would your your, aunt say? What would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? My ringtone is Lawrence Welk singing Mary Mary (laughs) Had a Little Lamb. (laughs) My aunt Joanne would say, you know, Howard Stern remarried... uh, a uh, Shiksa, but I'm happy for them. I'm happy for <laughs> yeah, them.
2: <right.
1: laughs> How about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, "I hope my ringtone is a is a fire <laughs> truck because you know I have big." Actually, never mind. I'm fine. Wait, it fire
0: truck or fire hydrant? Siren. It's
1: like a fire uh, siren. Fire, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking like yeah. a fire hydrant. I'm like, well, that's a weird no, dick.
2: Like a fire truck <laughs> alarm siren thing. Right,
0: right. Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm all right, go.
2: everyone. I'm Elliot Glazer.
1: <laughs> and I am Brent Sullivan.
0: And that makes me H. Allen Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she,
2: oh, now she's mad. Now she's mad. She being on brand. Man, when she don't get Pretty to cool. say her name at the end, man, she beats the <laughs> shit out of me every time I see her. Next time I see her, <laughs> eat the cake, Brent. She, she, grabbed, she grabs, cake. grabs my head, <laughs> and bashes <laughs> into the wall. Bleeding, Prince bloody. Prince bloody. bleeding from the nose. <laughs>